Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, uh, people of all ages, of course, to the Inblex Test Prep Podcast. Of course, my name is David. I'm your host on this wonderful, fabulous, amazing journey through the world of the massage and bodywork licensing exam. So uh, before we get started today, of course, I have some updates. I do have the Inblex Test Prep 2020 Study Guide available Right now on Amazon.com, or you can go to my website. It all kind of redirects through Amazon. Amblextestprep.com is that website. Uh, So that's available. I have a Pathology for Massage Therapy book. You can find that on Amazon. Just search for Pathology for Massage Therapy. It's just that easy. I have a study guide that has 10 Amblex practice tests and pre-made flashcards ready to go for you. That's also on Amazon. I have Kinesiology Made Easy. The fourth edition is available right now, updated. Uh, Looks great. So if Kinesiology is something that you need to learn, definitely pick up that book. Jeez, what else do I have? Um, (laughs) That's about it. That's all the updates I have as far as, as books go after... After the past uh, holiday season, I kind of took a break, a little break. 2019, I, I went, uh, I went pretty hard when it came to um, writing, so I, I needed to take a quick break. So I'm back at it, and it all kind of starts with uh, with this podcast, of course. So uh, I'm going to take a quick break, not from writing, but from recording this intro. When we get back, when I get back, we, you and I, will get started. Welcome back. All right, today we are going to talk about the rotator cuff. Uh, not rotator cup, rotator cuff. I once had a uh, a client who called it the rotator cup, and that's always kind of stuck with me. All right, so the rotator cuff is a group of muscles located in the region of the shoulder, and each one of these muscles actually moves the shoulder in some specific way. A couple of these do the same thing. A couple uh, do completely different actions. So let's talk about each one of these muscles, where they originate, where they insert, and their actions. Uh, okay, so really quick, let's go over all four of the rotator cuff muscles. And an easy way to remember the names of the rotator cuff muscles. So the first muscle is, we're, we're just going to go kind of from superior to inferior here. Uh, so the first muscle is the supraspinatus. Okay, the next muscle down, infraspinatus. Right next to that, teres minor. And then on the opposite side of the scapula, the anterior side is the subscapularis. So you take the first letter of each one of those in that order, S-I-T-S. This is the sits muscle group. Just remember, sits, supraspinatus, infraspinatus, teres minor, subscapularis. Uh, that's an easy way to remember the uh, the names, I suppose, of the rotator cuff muscles. So let's start with supraspinatus, okay? So how muscles are named is a lot of times they're named after their attachment sites or where they originate, where they insert, uh, sometimes what they do, what they look like, um, lots, of, lots of different naming conventions when it comes to uh, muscles. So supraspinatus is named after its location, okay? So 
it all kind of involves the spine of the scapula. Okay, so the spine of the scapula kind of separates the top of the scapula from the bottom of the scapula. So you should know your medical terminology, just like I say in every single podcast. You got to know your medical terms because this can help you figure out where supraspinatus is if you know your directional terms, your medical terminology. Okay, so the directional term superior means above, right? So if something is above, Another thing, it's going to be superior, supra. So supraspinatus is above the spine. Spinatus means spine of the scapula. Okay, So supraspinatus above the spine of the scapula. The origin of the supraspinatus is a shallow depression in a bone. Now what is a shallow depression in a bone called? And there are a few of these on the... Um, on the scapula, I can think of four, four of these on the scapula. Hold on, do my yeah, four. There are four of them on the scapula. Although one of them people call some people call it a cavity instead of a instead of this. A shallow depression in a bone is a fossa. Okay, so a the origin of the supraspinatus is in a fossa. Now the fun thing about Three of these muscles is the origins are all named after kind of the muscle, okay? So if supraspinatus originates in a fossa that is above the spine of the scapula, the name of that fossa would be the supraspinous fossa, the fossa above the spine of the scapula. Okay, so that's the origin. Now, hopefully you've listened to the origins and insertions episode of this podcast before. You understand that origins are where muscles originate. Or, of course, origins are where they originate. Where they start, they don't move at that point, okay? Insertions are where muscles attach to other bones. And and it's those bones that the muscle will take, take an action on. They will pull on that bone. That will move a joint and produce in action, okay? So, fun thing about the rotator cuff is three of these muscles insert on the same place. So, three of these originate in a fossa, separate fossas, of course. Fossa A, if we want to be uh, completely accurate here with our grammar. Um, and three of them orig- insert on the same spot on the humerus. So it's really easy to just kind of lump these together and say, okay, which which three originate on a in in fossa, which three insert onto this point, which two do this action, which does this action, which does this action. It's really not that complicated. Okay, so insertion. So the supraspinatus originates in the supraspinous fossa. It inserts over onto the humerus. All all four of these muscles connect to the humerus. Again, three of them insert onto this specific point. Okay, so if you think about where the supraspinatus is and how it moves from medial to lateral, the muscles go medial to lateral and wrap over the top of the shoulder, that will connect to a big bony projection on the lateral side of the humerus called the the greater tubercle. Now, some people call it the greater tuberosity. 
for the most part, you're going to see greater tubercle. But just be aware that that greater tuberosity is a thing that you could possibly see at some point. Okay. So it just just kind of cuts over from from medial to lateral over onto the greater tubercle of the humerus. So when that muscle contracts, the insertion is going to be pulling towards the origin. And when that happens, it moves the shoulder into abduction. Okay? So a lot of people know that, of course, the deltoid abducts the shoulder, but they forget. Supraspinatus also helps to abduct the shoulder. Okay, so test it out. It's, I know it's, it's, not, it's not exactly a visual uh, medium podcasting, but try to palpate. I mean, you, sh you should be, a, be able to find the spine of the scapula. Just reach around. On, I mean, I'm touching my spine of the scapula right now on my right scapula. If you move just above that, deep to the trapezius, you'll feel the supraspinatus. And then abduct your shoulder, and you should be able to feel that muscle contract and tighten up okay so don't be afraid to use your body as kind of a cheat sheet you should be palpating your body when we're talking about muscles you should be performing the actions while palpating the muscles and feeling those muscles contract okay so don't be afraid to do that especially during your test uh, again don't just get up and start doing jumping jacks in the middle of, in, in the middle of the test or anything like that but you can actually palpate your body move your body, and that can help you figure out answers for sure. Okay, so supraspinatus originates in the supraspinous fossa, inserts onto the greater tubercle of the humerus. It performs abduction of the shoulder, and that's it. Uh, it is kind of a fixator. It holds the, um, holds the shoulder in place. The, the shoulder is a ball and socket joint. It's not that deep, so it needs a little extra stability to hold the bone in in place so it doesn't dislocate or anything like that. So supraspinatus helps helps keep it up uh, where it should be. Okay, So let's move down the body. So again, we're dealing with the spine of the scapula. If we have a supraspinatus, chances are we're going to have to have something below it, right? We Normally we don't use directional terms unless there's something else in the body that directly opposes it. So if we have a supraspinatus, which muscle would be below the spine of the scapula? If you guessed infraspinatus, you're correct. That's right. Infraspinatus. Okay, so infraspinatus below, infra, inferior, means below, is below the spine of the scapula. Its origin is also a fossa, named after its location in relation to the spine of the scapula. So because it's below the spine of the scapula, it is the infraspinous fossa. Okay, so infraspinatus, you can match up with infraspinous. Yeah, that's easy, I think. I think that's pretty easy. Okay, so infraspinatus is, um, well, let's see. I'm, I'm trying to come up with a visual. If you... <laughs> Unfortunately, podcasting. Again, not a visual medium. I, uh, if you take your hand, 
move your your pinky finger under the ring finger, your index finger, and thumb under the middle finger. That's kind of what, and look at it from the back, uh, like the, the dorsal portion of your hand. That is kind of what the infraspinatus looks like. It goes off in kind of a diagonal direction. Okay, so the infraspinatus originates in the infraspinous fossa. It inserts over onto the same spot on the humerus that the supraspinatus inserts. Okay, and which spot was that? Infraspinatus inserts onto the greater tubercle. Okay, but it doesn't do the same thing. So these muscles, because of where they're located, when those muscles contract, it'll move the humerus in a different way and produce a different action at the shoulder joint. Okay, so, so think about how that muscle is. And, and again, this is a muscle that you can palpate. So you can find the spine of the scapula, go directly underneath that. Okay, so think about how that muscle is aligned in the body from origin to insertion. And when that muscle contracts, insertion moves towards the origin. So how is it going to affect the shoulder joint? Now, there are a couple different ways that it can move the shoulder. A few different ways, actually. But we're going to focus on maybe only, only like two. Okay. So when infraspinatus contracts, it will laterally rotate the shoulder. It will turn it out. Okay. Now, if the shoulder is in a, in a position where it is already um, horizontally adducted, like you are, um, you're putting your hands straight out in front of you and bringing them together, then when you bring them back, like you are like you are opening up your arms to hug somebody. That action of opening those arms from, from your hands being at the midline of the body directly in front of you, that action is horizontal abduction. Okay, So the infraspinatus, when the body is in this position, performs horizontal abduction as well. Okay. So infraspinatus originates on the infraspinous fossa, inserts onto the greater tubercle, and laterally rotates and horizontally abducts the shoulder. Now it also does perform a little bit of extension, but it's not as strong as other muscles like latissimus dorsi that perform extension. Okay, so it's a, it's, just know that, maybe not that important. Okay, directly lateral to that, to the infraspinatus, is our next muscle. This muscle is named after its appearance. It looks round and long, quote-unquote, round and long, and that's where it gets its name. Round and long is teres, okay? Now, this muscle is maybe a little tricky. You've got to figure out which is which. You know, teres major versus teres minor. Which one is actually part of the rotator cuff? Um, it's teres minor. 
So I, I don't know if there's a if there's a way for you to figure it out. Maybe it's right next to infraspinatus, which is a lot bigger, so it is the smaller of those muscles. So Terry's minor. I don't know. Yeah, figure figure out a way. That, that's just one way that I would possibly do it. Okay. So Terry's minor is the only rotator cuff muscle that does not originate in a fossa. The other three originate in a fossa. In separate fossae, I should say. Teres minor, however, does not. Okay, so where does Teres minor originate? Now on the scapula, we have two borders. Okay, We have one border that is located kind of near the vertebrae and one border that is located, located near the uh, axilla, the armpit. So which one of those borders would teres minor originate on? The one next to the vertebrae or the one next to the armpit? If you guess the one next to the vertebrae, you are incorrect. It's the one next to the armpit, right next to the axilla. Uh, so these borders on the scapula, one is medial, one is lateral. So they, they have a, a couple different names, okay? So the medial border is the one that is next to the vertebrae and the names for that border are the medial or vertebral border of the scapula okay the border that that you find next to the axilla is called the axillary border or the lateral border of the scapula okay so for the purposes of this we're just going to call it the lateral border but just know that it's next to the axilla so if you see axillary border of the scapula, just know that that's the same thing as the lateral border. Okay, so the teres minor originates on the lateral border of the scapula, just lateral to the infraspinatus. Now these muscles are so close together that sometimes, in some people, these muscles actually fuse together and become one muscle, which is kind of weird, but it does happen. It can happen. It's not, not too often, just sometimes. Okay, so when these muscles fuse together, they 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 got to be going in the same direction, right? And they pretty much are. They are both going to insert at the same place. So the teres minor originates on the lateral lateral border. <laughs> I just jumbled lateral and axillary. The lateral border of the scapula and inserts at the very same spot as infraspinatus and supraspinatus. So this is the third muscle that inserts onto the greater tubercle of humerus. Okay, so you think about where the lateral border of the scapula is. You can palpate that. I'm palpating it right now. And think about how that muscle comes up onto the greater tubercle of the humerus, right on the lateral side of the humerus. Now when that muscle contracts, insertion moves towards the origin. Here's a, here's a fun thing. Uh, if you know the actions of infraspinatus, you know the actions of teres minor. Those two muscles are essentially, I mean, like I said, they do actually, in some instances, fuse together. So they do the same thing. So they both laterally rotate the shoulder and both horizontally abduct the shoulder. Okay? And they both can extend the shoulder as well, just not as, as strong as other muscles like latissimus dorsi with extension. Okay? So teres minor. So we've got the S 
in sits, superior, uh, supraspinatus, excuse me, the I, infraspinatus, the T, teres minor. And that leaves us with our last muscle, the last S. It's on the anterior border of the scapula. So if you were to be looking at somebody face-to-face, -face, if you could see through them to look at the scapula, you'd be looking at the anterior border. Now, if you just see a picture of the scapula, an easy way to figure out if it's the anterior or posterior side of the scapula is to look for the spine of the scapula. If you don't see the spine, that means it's not the posterior side, it's the anterior side, okay? So essentially, the entire anterior side of the scapula is a fossa. And it's this fossa where this muscle originates. So I know it's a it's a weird naming thing. It should be anterior scapula. Uh, this muscle is considered quote under the scapula unquote. So if you know your medical terms, you know the term under is sub like subway goes underground, right? Like submarine goes underwater. Sub sandwich. Uh, <laughs> So, whatever, you get it. Um, so, this muscle under the scapula is the subscapularis, okay? So, subscapularis originates in this fossa named after its location under the scapula, the subscapular fossa, okay? So, that's where that muscle starts. Now, this muscle will kind of move up through the armpit towards its insertion. Now, whereas the supraspinatus, infraspinatus, and teres minor all insert onto the greater tubercle of the humerus, the subscapularis will come across onto the medial portion of, of that bone, pretty close to where those other muscles insert. But if there's a greater tubercle, there has to be a, what's the opposite of greater? In regards to anatomy, it is lesser. So it'll be on the lesser tubercle, which is just medial to the greater tubercle. Okay, So subscapularis originates in the subscapular fossa, goes through the axilla, and inserts onto the lesser tubercle of the humerus. Okay, So think about how that muscle looks in the body. And when the, that muscle contracts, the origin, or the insertion moves towards the origin, okay? So how is it going to move the body in that case? So whereas infraspinatus and teres minor will laterally rotate, because of the orientation of the muscle, it was if, if subscapularis went from the subscapular fossa and then cut through the armpit, out, around to the lateral side of the humerus, and it contracted, it would do the same thing. It would laterally rotate. But because it comes across on the medial side, it will medially rotate the shoulder. Okay? So infraspinatus and teres minor laterally rotate the shoulder. Subscapularis medially rotates the shoulder. So in certain instances, again, just like with infraspinatus and teres minor, when the body, when the shoulder is already placed into a position like horizontal adduction, 
those muscles will horizontally abduct it and return it back to a, you know, kind of a normal, normal uh, state, if you will. Subscapularis is kind of the same thing. Okay, so when the body is in a certain position, this muscle will perform specific actions in conjunction with a couple other muscles like teres major and latissimus dorsi. So you can always match up those muscles, those three muscles together, subscapularis, latissimus dorsi, and teres major. Uh, if one of those muscles does one action, chances are the other muscles are going to do the same action. Okay, so we've, we've already got medial rotation, which those other muscles do. What else? So if the shoulder is already in flexion, then subscapularis will help to contract and bring that shoulder back, and bringing it back down is extending the shoulder. Okay. Now the same thing can be said about uh, let's let's say subscap or uh, supraspinatus has contracted and has abducted the shoulder. Okay, if the, if the shoulder is already abducted and you contract to try to get it back down, the, some of the muscles that will do that, latissimus dorsi, teres major, and subscapularis will adduct the shoulder, bring the shoulder back in towards the midline of the body. Okay, so the three muscles that you need, or the three actions that you need to know for subscapularis, medial rotation, extension, and adduction of the shoulder. Okay, so just remember, sits, supraspinatus, infraspinatus, teres minor, subscapularis. Supraspinatus originates in the supraspinous fossa, inserts onto the greater tubercle, and performs abduction of the shoulder. Infraspinatus originates on the infraspinous fossa, inserts onto the greater tubercle, performs lateral rotation and horizontal abduction. Teres minor originates on the lateral or axillary border of the scapula, inserts onto the greater tubercle of the humerus, performs lateral rotation, horizontal abduction of the shoulder, and finally subscapularis originates on the subscapular fossa, inserts onto the lesser tubercle of the humerus, performs medial rotation, extension, and adduction of the shoulder. Okay, so it's just that easy. Just that easy. So I hope you uh, you learned a little bit something about those muscles. Uh, of course, muscles very important. You got to know muscle groups, like the rotator cuff, the sits muscles. Um, easy easiest way I can remember to 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 I can think of to remember it. I should say. Okay, so when I get back, we will do. I don't know. It'll be a surprise. Stay tuned. Find out. back. All right, so this week, instead of doing a question of the week, I'm going to try something a little different. Uh, hopefully this works out. Um, if not, we'll get back to question of the week, whatever, whatever. It's going to be a kind of a rotating thing. Okay, so we're going to talk about a specific way that you can study every week, or maybe, maybe not every week, but you know, once in a while, I'll talk about different ways of studying. I know I did a whole podcast on this, but that, that was just kind of the tip of the iceberg when it comes to studying. Okay, so when you are taking a practice 
test and you get a question wrong, what should you do about that? Should you, I mean, obviously you're going to look at the answer and you're going to say, oh, okay, it's this one. Is it, This is the right answer. Okay, so I know that. What you should be doing, however, is looking at all of the other answers, specifically the answer that you selected that was incorrect. You know, what you need to do is you need to figure out what that actually is. So you need to, I know it's, it's just kind of common sense, but stuff you don't know, you should be researching. You should be making flashcards out of that specific information. You should be even possibly going so far as to write a report about that information that you don't know. So the next time you get a question about that information, you will know that information. You will know that that can't be the right answer, or maybe it is the answer because you've done some additional research on it. Okay, so my test, my my study tip, or study skill for this week is whenever you are taking a practice test and you come across information that you don't know or you get a question wrong, you need to make a flashcard out of that specific information, uh, not not just copying the question, but actually making a flashcard out of the information given, saying, you know, if, here's an example, um, bradycardia is what? If you put a fast heartbeat, that's incorrect. Uh, Fast heart rhythm is incorrect. That is tachycardia. So if, if, you just say, if if you looked at that question and said, bradycardia is what? And then you look at the answer that is given, and it says a slow heart rhythm, and that's all you do, uh, yeah, you learn a little bit, but you picked fast heart rhythm for a reason. So maybe you need to put down fast heart rhythm on a flashcard, figure out what a rapid heartbeat actually is, what type of arrhythmia that is so that you know next time that, oh, it can't be a rapid heart rhythm. That's tachycardia, not bradycardia. So hopefully that makes sense. Hopefully that gives you a little bit more information on, on an additional way for you to use this information to study with. So on my practice tests in my book and on my website, uh, that you get access to whenever you buy a copy of my book, you could have plenty of opportunities to make flashcards and take notes and write down information that you don't know just based on questions that you get incorrect. Okay? So that's my little bit of advice for this podcast. I hope that was worthwhile. Um, you know, the question of the week. Yeah, getting practice test questions. And even, I, hey, I just, I just gave you a practice test question anyway. Bradycardia is what? Um, so hopefully you answered it before I answered it for you. Um, so it's, it's something that I'll, of course, come back to. But I, I figure maybe mix it up a little, add some additional uh, study skills, test taking tips and stuff like that throughout the, the rest of the podcast as well and, and see if that can help you in addition to breaking down practice test questions and, and giving you a little, just a little, little tiny bit more information. 
Okay, so that is going to wrap it up for this podcast. Again, I have all of those study guides available on my website, inboxtestprep.com. You can search for uh, Inbox Test Prep on Amazon.com. Again, if you don't see my name on the book, it isn't my book. Uh, I always put my name or at least my company's name on the books. So if it doesn't look like my book, it's not my book. I promise. Okay, so until next time. Oh, really quick before I forget, if you have anything that you would like to see discussed on this podcast, email me. And your suggestions could be used. So just uh, just shoot me an email at david at inboxtestprep.com. I read every email I get. Um, and if, if it's something that I think is useful, like this past podcast, the Rotator Cuff, uh, then I could use it. This, this subject was a requested subject. So I definitely listen to you guys. Uh, send, me a, uh, send me an email and I'll see what I can do for you. Okay, so until next time, this is David saying uh, Arrivederci. Did I already say that? Au revoir.